The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I have another treat for you today, another powerful guest, a friend that, um, that you know, I met a few years back, and, uh, you know, I want to make sure that you have access to his consciousness and the information and the work that he's doing. So today, my guest is the president of Divine Science Federation International, the Reverend Timothy Stewart. How you doing there, Tim? How's it going? Uh, as I always say, I am fabulous, but so are you. Absolutely, so, uh, absolutely. I'm enjoying uh, so, uh, in, in... Go ahead, excuse me. I thought you were about to say something. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you. I was going to elaborate a little bit, but uh, I'm sure right you'll ask me what Go I right was ahead. about to say. No, I'm just saying enjoying a wonderful morning in uh, in Phoenix. At the International New Thought uh, Alliance at their World Congress. Beautiful, beautiful. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I want to, um, first of all, give people an opportunity, first of all, to know what Divine Science is, Divine Science Federation International, and a little bit about yourself. So if you, could you start off, first of all, by informing people what is Divine Science? Well, Divine Science is one of the schools of new thought, as we call it. Uh, it is the oldest, actually. We started in 1888. Um, and as I tell people, every whether we look at the Universal Foundation for Better Living or we look at religious science or unity or divine science, there are certain things we all have in common that our teachings are, are um, congruent. They're the same on many things. But each one emphasizes certain things. And in divine science, we emphasize the omnipresence of God, and we flow out from that into all of our teaching. So um, if most people are familiar with divine science, that's what they identify us with, is emphasizing God as total, complete omnipresence, which is, in my opinion, one of the foundation blocks of all the thought. I agree. I agree. Just for the record, just in case somebody might be hearing this show for the very first time, they haven't heard anything about New Thought and 
this show was recommended to them for whatever reason. Could you explain your understanding of starting with the omnipresence of God and starting from that foundation? Okay. One thing that you will find, again, is we talk about being, uh, or God being all. In other words, if God is omnipresent, that's so much different than what my conception was back in the days when I was in an evangelical-type movement. In those days, I thought of God as some huge um, super being, superhuman, so to speak, sitting off in the sky who could see everything and be aware of everything. But that would be more along the lines of omniscience. It's not totally everything that that all-knowing means, but along those lines. Omnipresence means that God is present at every point in space, no matter how minute, which means there can be nothing else. Therefore, God is the very essence and substance of everything in this universe. As I tell people, and I explain it this way sometimes, where I'm sitting today in this room filled with air, but where you're sitting, Galen, and we're probably close to 2,000 miles apart, there's air. And with all that distance, we don't think of it as two things. It's still one thing. It's still one thing. If we were in an area such as where my home is, we have tornadoes sometimes, and occasionally there will be more than one. And if you're outside and you see two or even three, it looks like two or three different things. But a tornado is only wind, and wind is only air. It may pick up different debris, just as in our life experience, we pick up different things that make us unique. But the core, our essence, it's like the core and the essence of that tornado is air. It's moving as wind. The essence of who we are is spirit. It is God expressing uniquely as each and every individual. And um, so that's both omnipresence and what we call, um, well, in religious science, they call it unification, and we don't use that word quite as much in divine science, but it's still one of the same principles of um, omnipresence, God being all that there is. There can never be a separation. That's only in our, uh, in our thinking can that separation from God truly happen, only in our thinking. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but in the, in the Universal Foundation for Better Living, it's our first principle as well. And when we teach the five, what we call the five principles, which is obviously a take on the foundational uh, material and theology that Reverend Coleman, who started UFBO, got when she was a unity minister. But the first point is the omnipresence of God. And then we go into the breakdown. So, uh, again, all of New Thought has some foundational principles that describe all of us very well. So could you tell us a little bit about uh, Divine Science Federation International? Well, the, the Federation is simply our organization. Um, divine Science, when it started, one of the first Divine Science organizations was called the International Divine Science Association. It was a forerunner to what is today called the International New Thought Alliance. But um, the, uh, the Federation, uh, back in the 1950s, Divine Science ministers and churches found that they wanted some type of uh, uh, organizational structure 
because they didn't have quite as much. And so a gentleman by the name of Erwin Gregg, who was at our church in Denver, Colorado, founded the Divine Science Federation International. Um, and we are an affiliation of Divine Science Ministries. If you um, see our website or anything like that, it will always say an affiliation of Divine Science Ministries. We do that because every church, every ministry has a uh, great degree of autonomy, and we are simply a way of uh, keeping our teaching going forward in a way of supporting our ministers in doing that. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. So we've kind of covered the Divine Science, Divine Science Federation International, and what Divine Science focuses on. So um, could you tell the listeners a little bit about the Reverend Timothy Stewart? What's your story? What's your background? How did you get into New Thought? Okay. Um, before I do that, I will do that. Give me, give me one. I want to make one other point. When you mentioned the foundational teaching of UFBL, uh, for those who are listeners here who may already be familiar or be associated with one of the schools of New Thought, I will point out the links, because our founders of divine science as a teaching were Nona Brooks and Melinda Kramer. Nona Brooks' brother-in-law, her sister, was married to Charles Fillmore's business partner, who was the founder of Unity. And uh, Divine Science started 1888, Unity 1889. But if you begin to look, all of these different schools of New Thought have common roots, and uh, we're we're all family in that. Now, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of funny when you do the history, and I didn't actually, um, I don't know if I'm if I remember what you just told me or not. It sounded new, so I'm gonna say I didn't I, I didn't know it. <laughs> uh, but what was what's kind of funny to me is when I go back and I start looking at uh, the history, uh, even in the in an era where they didn't have email and you know telephones, many of them. You know, and, you know, everything was being done by letter and telegrams and things of that nature. Uh, many of these people knew each other. They were comrades. Uh, you know, you know, you think about a person like Emma Curtis Hopkins, who taught so many people. And, and it is a common link for many people in the early New Thought movement. It's amazing how well they got their message out in an era that, uh, did not necessarily allow for quick communication. Um, it, it's quite amazing the the relationships that were built. And you know, I remember when when Reverend Coleman was still on this plane of existence, how she would just glibly talk about you know people that I was reading all the time because they were her peers. Yeah, when Joseph Murphy and I were going to do this, this, and this, or and you know, and Raymond Charles Barker and I were doing this, this, and this, or you know, Catherine Ponder and I were in ministerial class, and I was a couple of years ahead of her, and I was talking to her about this, this, and she wasn't name dropping because obviously, you know, she was a giant in her own right. Uh, it was just amazing that sometimes you don't realize that these people are peers. They are, and um, one of one of my friends who happened I happened to see last night. Uh, and actually, I was with, with two minister friends of mine, and one of them also was a personal friend with uh, with Joseph Murphy. Uh, another one used to be right there at, at Christ Universal Temple, where you are, and was you know friends with with Dr. Coleman. Um, but 
you know, we're not that many generations down from our from our founders, really. Uh, uh-huh. um, and um, sometimes we're we're amazed. The uh, one of the gentlemen I was with last night was friends with Fenwick Holmes, who was Ernest Holmes' brother. And uh, and he and uh, Ernest's brother Fenwick and Joseph Murphy used to meet and have breakfast together. And again, when he's saying it, it's not about name dropping. It is about the fact that this was just part of the experience of learning. And uh, and Joseph Murphy was one of one of the very first people that uh, he was there and helped really get him to that point of being clear on what the teaching was and what all of this really meant to him. So um, we are um, we are are both, and I think. Uh, uh, being a new thought at this point in, in its history is a, is a wonderful place to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So at this point, um, uh, can you let the listeners know a little bit about you and your background and how you ended up in, in new thought as a new thought minister and the president of one of the foundations or, or one of the branches of new thought? Okay. Well, my, Spiritual journey did not begin in New Thought. Um, I grew up in the South, so I uh, my first church experiences, religious experiences, were around the Baptist Church. Until we moved into a more rural area, and then the nearest church was a, was a Methodist church. But um, at a age of about sixteen years old, I. I uh, got more interested, got very involved again back in a Baptist church, and then uh, got into a Pentecostal church. Uh, so if anyone is familiar, it was the Church of God, which is out of Cleveland, Tennessee, and became a minister in that faith. Now, morphed, I ended up with, with some other organizations, but my background was that. And I think it's unique because people ask how I came from that um, Pentecostal background, which can be a very, um, the Bible is often used to tell what they want to condemn. That's unfortunately one of the things that I grew up in was the Bible was something that was that. And they say, how did I get to this? And I said, well, I was in part of a movement that was called the Word of Faith movement. And similar to New Thought, their prayer was more affirmative. And one of the, or the person who was considered the founder of the Word of Faith movement was a man by the name of E.W. Kenyon. Kenyon studied Mary Baker Eddy and Phineas Parkhurst Quimby. So that, for those who may be listening and are not familiar with those names, uh, Quimby is considered the father of, of New Thought, and Mary Baker Eddy, of course, was the founder of Christian Science. So um, the the branch of um, the Pentecostal movement that I was in did have a lot of new thought type ideas in it. And after um, going through life and several experiences and becoming a bit disillusioned with that, uh, I found myself uh, single and going into another profession and leaving ministry. And I met a lady who is today my wife. We're, we're coming up on our 19th anniversary. But when we uh, started dating, one of the first things she did is have me go to church with her. And she had just started a little bit before that. 
to a religious science church. Um, and I heard something that not only uh, touched me at a, a spiritual and emotional level, but it made sense to my intellect as well. And that began my journey. Um, I know one of the, the teachers that we don't talk about really so much in uh, religious science, and I'm not sure if UB, UFBL talks about it that much, but it's Thomas Troward. Mm-hmm. And um, Thomas Troward, I took a class that was based on a book of his that was the Edinburgh Lectures. And uh, during that class, it was as if the light bulb went off and um, I became became hooked in it. And uh, I spent many years in, in religious science and then uh, uh, back uh, about 10 years ago, uh, actually came into divine science. And again, the two are, are very, very similar. Our structure is different as an organization. Uh, the the difference in the teachings are basically a matter of semantics and, and which points are emphasized more. But uh, okay. that, that is kind of my journey. All right. So I, I think it's kind of interesting, uh, especially coming from the Pentecostal Word of Faith type movement. Last week, I had uh, Bishop Carlton Pearson on the show. And, you know, and he talked about a similar journey. Obviously, his story is very popular because of his status. And obviously now with the Netflix movie of transitioning from um, a hardcore fundamentalist, uh, but but searching and seeking to um, being a part of more uh, of more of a universal theology like New Thought is a really interesting journey. And I think that is 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 good to hear stories like yours, because I think the majority of people that come into New Thought are just like you. They they were, you know, you know, maybe not ministers in the theology, but, you know, people who grew up uh, in a different religious, uh, you know, orientation or, you know, different religious movement. Because so many times I've seen at least when I talk to New Thought people, I rarely talk to New Thought people uh, at a certain age group, you know, my age or, or slightly older that actually grew up in New Thought. It's rare. You know, I, you know, I bump into them, you know, it's at Christ Universal Temple because we've been around for 61 years. I'll see people say, yeah, I was here. I was born at this church. But the majority of people are like me. I didn't start a new thought. I like you didn't start a new thought. But something in our souls said, this makes sense. And when you said the light bulb went off, I can literally remember hearing uh, a tape of Johnny Coleman and the light bulb went off. Like, this makes complete sense. Where has this been my whole life? So I really get it. I definitely get it. Um, I do want to give people an opportunity if there's anybody out there that's listening that wants to call in and ask Reverend Tim Stewart a, a question about new thought, about divine science, about application of the teachings or questions about the teachings. I want to give you a, uh, an opportunity to do that by dialing uh, 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. If you have a question, Call in, 
I'm sure uh, Reverend Tim would be more than happy to answer any questions that you might have about New Thought, about Divine Science, about Divine Science, Federation International, or just all things New Thought. So, uh, Tim, um, I do have a, a, a question I think is really important, and it's where do you think New Thought is headed? Well, I, I think what we just said about that moment when the light bulb goes off kind of leads into that perfectly because new thought right now, we've, we've gone through this phase from our founders being uh, very connected. If you look at um, one of the new thought organizations, which is, is unity uh, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore really did not start unity wanting to start churches. Ernest Holmes did not start religious science wanting to start churches. Er, uh, Emma Curtis Hopkins was about sharing a teaching. So we've gone through this phase where we started spreading this teaching through uh, churches because it is a spiritual teaching. But we're no longer the ones with the exclusive on it. We find new thought principles sometimes taught in courses for business. We find uh, uh, some that are uh, more in the mainstream, let me say, of, of uh, traditional type Christianity that are beginning to lean toward and share some new thought principles. One of the, uh, he's not exactly new thought, but he does uh, have a positive message. Uh, Joel Osteen, that his name comes up on occasion. But we're beginning to see uh, our organizations realize that because New Thought is not something that we have the exclusive on, we're beginning to see more collaboration, working together, different organizations. Um, well, I won't go back into the history, it may have been shared at some point, between Unity and UFBL. But when uh, Dr. Coleman made her transition from this plane to another, as I say sometimes, simply went to that that is non-physical. You know, she now has a wonderful, beautiful plaque in, in Unity Village there that was dedicated in her honor. And uh, uh, when I was there, Divine Science had our uh, biennial conference at Unity Village just about six weeks ago. And I found that in one day, I'm meeting with the leadership from uh, religious science and then going from that directly over to meet with people in the leadership of unity. And in those cases, what I find is the desire to collaborate and to begin doing it in a way that we still maintain our identities. You see, because just uh, uh, one of the things that some people have, even in their, their conception of death, it brings some fear is they fear losing their identity. Organizations sometimes do that. And we're getting beyond that point of fear and living instead with a vision for what we can do by uniting and working together. Again, not as, uh, not as one group swallowing another, but beginning to work. Uh, again, I like that word, collaboration, sharing what we have. So I think we're we're headed more in that direction. We're awakening to the fact that culture is changing. Um, I was reading an article which 
affects New Thought as it does any other uh, type church that many people now, when they have children, children, youth leagues and things like this that uh, play soccer or, or baseball, they're now uh, playing on Sunday mornings. And these people are opting sometimes to do things with their children rather than be at the church. So in New Thought, we are learning how to reach out and still have a ministry that connects with people that may not be in our Sunday morning services. Um, and pardon me if I'm if I'm going into too much here, but uh, uh, right ahead. we we have a new minister at um, at our church in Pueblo, Colorado. And the minister had been there, had been there for a number of years, and uh, decided to retire. But before retiring, the church had begun to shrink. So it goes in with just a handful of people, and they want him to be their ministry. And he's doing very well. The church is growing. It's, uh, I think, more than, than tripled in attendance. Of course, they were very uh, few in the beginning. But He sat down with that board, and he said, what if our congregation here, what we have in the doors, never goes beyond 30 people? Are we okay with that? And he, you know, he spoke with a little He said, but what if instead we have an online ministry that's reaching 3,000 people or 30,000 people? And what if, because again, sometimes we have to look at can a ministry support itself? Uh, just as it, you know, we we're in New Thought, we're not uh, we're not shy to to talk about money that need to be supported. He said, what if the ones that are uh, reached through the online ministry don't give as much, but because there's so many of them, what if that's the major support of our ministry and our church here? Are we okay with that? And uh, he actually has an online ministry that's touching people, very successful right now. Um, and that vision is not about just building that, but it builds, uh, it's touching people with the teaching and a way to build a sense of community, even among those who may not live uh, right there. So they're getting a sense of connection. So I think New Thought is is definitely evolving into new ways to spread our message. All right. So we got about 30 seconds or so, 45 seconds before the break. So um, I do want to, again, let people know if you want to call in, you can call in at 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. Also a reminder that this show has a Facebook page, uh, Truth Transforms. With Reverend Gayla McDowell, my request is that you like the page, give it a five-star rating and a positive review. These shows are also on iTunes, iTunes Podcast, and Stitcher for Android uh, mobile devices. So give it a five-star rating and write a positive review. Thank you. And we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. God is extravagant supply. Get that, extravagant. God is extravagant supply. He brings forth the best robe. He spreads a banquet table, as we saw last night, with good things on which we may feast. He overflows our cup. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing. And then this is what that Unity Correspondence Course said. Why are you satisfied with such meager living when you may have so much? To find out more about Unity teachings, visit unity.org. What if you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God? Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. Did you know Unity has published a new book by Eric Butterworth? This wonderful writer and teacher, who is loved by so many people, left a recorded class called Practical Metaphysics that has now been turned into a book. It's Vintage Butterworth. He explains how to live from a deeper state of consciousness and awaken to health, love, prosperity, and peace of mind. Practical Metaphysics. Find it online by going to unity.org and click Shop. Take some time to relax and tune into spirit with Reverend Paulette Pipe and Touching the Stillness. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central, join Paulette for a soul-stirring meditation that will leave you energized and inspired. Tune in and connect with listeners around the world in affirmative prayer. Not your everyday radio show. Touching the Stillness will help you bring new meaning and clarity to your life. Find Paulette on Facebook and listen each week right here at Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Uh, I have a guest today. Uh, the president of Divine Science Federation International, the Reverend Timothy Stewart. Uh, he had some extra insight he wanted to share. He was sharing before we went to break. I want to give uh, Tim an opportunity to continue to share. So please go right ahead. Well, uh, thank you, Galen. We just, um, you know, we were talking about, and I mentioned how we don't really, we realize we don't have an exclusive on new thought. 
and we are finding it in so many different places. This links so much with when we talk about um, converting, as I'll use that word, or awakening to something in the post. I believe it's innate within each of us. And I believe that uh, because for me, I have memories of things when I was a very small child, uh, laying in bed and contemplating what made me who I am. And uh, this was such a young age, and I can date it because of a move we made when I was a child of only nine. So I was younger than nine years old. And somehow I reached this conclusion in my young mind that somehow what made me who I am was the presence of God within me. So when you look in, in almost every one of the, uh, the New Thought uh, teachings, I know that um, Nona Brooks in her book Mysteries talks about how that um, astronomy shows us something, God forming things in the universe, uh, the, the revolution of the planets, chemistry, they reveal law, just so we have law. Everything in the sciences linked to our spiritual teachings. Um, Ernest Holmes talked about how a scientist, the philosopher, the priest, the professor, the humanitarian, uh, the person who is a builder, that they all, and I think his, his wording was, they had caught some gleam of the eternal glory and each has spoken in his own tongue, his language. Okay, This universal thing that is somehow innate within us. So I believe as we go forward in new thought, it's not about getting people to change to something that they're not, but instead to wake up and to remember that feeling of connection. Because as a, a, a child is carried in the womb, it is truly connected to its entire world, its universe, connected to its mother. And then after birth, the cord is cut and we begin teaching that child separation. So we're simply going back to something that was innate in our being, a remembrance of being connected to our source. So uh, as, as we move forward, I think it's, it's about teaching that connection and finding it in every walk of life, uh, regardless of what it is. So, All right, be beautiful, uh, but, beautiful. I, I, so this kind of phases into, Tim, my next question then, because I think you were talking about the, uh, the new minister in Colorado uh, and what he's doing, and I think this is probably the same answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway, the question anyway. What can New Thought do to improve the reach of our message? Oh, that's um, to add something to things that I've already said. That's that's a little bit difficult, but I believe we need to stay true to who we are. And by that, I mean, uh, I find myself speaking to people on occasion, and we thought sometimes has tried to uh, fit into a mold of something that was there before it. I'll use as an example if you look at the different teachings. Um, people in certain ones would be very offended if they were not considered Christian. And yet there's one of the groups in particular that a portion of their members would not want to be 
considered Christian. And the bottom line is we've tried to attach whatever label we were comfortable with or whatever label we wanted. If we can rip away the labels and simply say whatever you consider yourself, wherever you consider yourself from a spiritual standpoint, if we understand that connectedness we have to our source, it means we are also connected to one another. And uh, by doing that, it's a matter of if I honor, if I respect another person, I do that to myself, I do that to God, because it's all one. Dishonoring, disrespecting, the same thing. But if I can love, then I am loving everything, and I am loving life, I'm loving God, and I'm loving myself. And when we begin yeah. to uh, stand, stand firm in our principles, I think, from those things, we're going to find we can reach for it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, it's kind of funny, um, as you were talking about, you know, being true to ourselves and things of that nature. I think uh, it's a couple of things that have come to mind. I just did a sermon at Christ Universal Temple on Sunday, this past Sunday, and a person told me yesterday, like, man, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to the bookstore and, and get some CDs and send them to my kids. And I just said to him, hey, why don't you just wait a couple of days and send the YouTube video that we make and text it to their phones? I said, because one, if you're a teenager, you're 16, 17 years old, it's highly likely you don't even have anything that plays a CD. That's the way we think. Um, you know, I think part of the process is is making sure that we are, you know, up to date and present. Because I know that if I gave my daughter, who's 18, uh, about to be, turn 19, uh, a CD, she wouldn't know what to do with it. She doesn't have anything to play a CD with at, at home. So, you know, she is like, would I put this in my laptop that doesn't have a CD-ROM? Do I put this in my iPad? Do I put it? <laughs> There's no stereo. <laughs> so I think part of, of, of the conversation that we have to have is looking at what works in the world, um, not just religiously, but generally. You know, you know. I'm, I always tell people, Tim, that I'm a firm believer that the self-help movement is a byproduct or a child of the New Thought movement. You know, when you go back and you think about the Napoleon Hills, the Norman Vincent Peels, uh, you know, the human uh, human potential movements you know, like Landmark and some of the other people who came out of the original mind dynamics, uh, they all can be traced one way or another to new thought. All of them. Uh, if you go back far enough, just like you mentioned with uh, E.Y. Kenyon being a Pentecostal minister who was studying metaphysics. So for me, Looking at what some of these people are doing as far as getting their message out, and it's not always apples for apples because we're doing things in a religious setting sometimes, but I think sometimes the religious setting um, limits us in a way because the the teaching is the teaching. And whether a person learns it in a church, in a class, in a book, in a YouTube video, on on. Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or or whatever else is something that I don't know about that their kids are creating now. The real issue is 
can we give the purity of the message? And just one extra thought, Tim, before you jump in. Uh, I shared this, I don't know if it was with um, somebody recently that I had on the show, that I was sitting down one day and, and I was flipping through the channels and I bumped into um, this Pentecostal Word of Faith minister named uh, Dr. Leroy Thompson. And he's preaching. So let me see what he's going, what he's talking about. He's the money cometh guy, and he was saying he was preaching something that sounded so familiar to me. I said, "Wait a minute, is he preaching the first chapter of Charles Fillmore's book, Prosperity?" So I ran downstairs <laughs> to my office, got my <laughs> got my book, got back in bed, turned to the page, and he was literally preaching the chapter. Not like adding his own words in it and insights. He didn't preach the whole chapter, but a large chunk of it, word for word. He just wrote it into a sermon and preached it. And I said to myself at that point, first of all, it was hilarious. And I said, I'm glad that these people are getting it. I don't care how they get it, as long as they get it. That's one, because I think sometimes we have an issue with people utilizing our message. And I think that's ridiculous. Let the people get the message. Uh, but I do think that the purity of the message is still our responsibility. And uh, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. You know, you mentioned earlier about the purity and staying true to who we are. Uh, with with the whole world using parts of what we do, and I've gone to seminars and workshops. I just did Tony Robbins a couple of weekends ago. Uh, I can hear new thought in almost everything. But where we are as a stand allows the message to stay in its purity. What, what are your thoughts about all of our, all of what I just shared? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you, you just said a lot. Yeah, I know, <laughs> man. Lot, just so. pick, pick a piece of it then. <laughs> well, well, first, yes, even uh, when you spoke of Napoleon Hill, I went back to a, a book of his that I had years ago when I was uh, uh, actually a freshman in college had taken a job in sales and they gave me the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And uh, so I went back to that book not long ago and looked at something in it and he speaks in there. There's a place where he talks about one power, one power. And I think, oh, wow, I was exposed to it back then and, and didn't realize it as much. It is there. Uh, and we do sometimes limit ourselves in the real, by, by making it perhaps too religious. But um, the the other thing, the technology you mentioned, we have to get there. Um, I, I found a CD the other day that uh, where I spoke at a church in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and I wanted to hear something on that CD, and I realized I had to go get in my car to listen to it. I couldn't listen to it anywhere else. So we are needing to do the technology, but also very touchy subject sometimes in new thought. We have to look at some of our literature because, um, and, and um, we have this thing now within divine science, I'll speak of my own organization here, uh, or the one that I'm a part of. Um, we have the books that were written by our founders that are over a century old, 120 years old, sometimes or more of the writings. 
And they're in language that millennials and Gen X people are not going to understand. Uh And until they begin to understand enough of it, they may not have the motivation for it. So they opt for writers who are more modern. And modern writers, many of them, you know, they they don't have, as you used, the purity of the teaching. They have portions enough of it that it's absolutely going to um, change someone's life. So we're looking at uh, our our, uh, main textbook in Divine Science that uh, having to do another printing on it here soon. We're, we're low on our, our supplies. Most people do get those through our office. But also not doing away with uh, that, Tim, but Tim, writing just another companion. Tim, I, I, I want to interject because a person called in and they have a question for you. So if you could pin that thought, okay. I want to bring Carrie okay. online. Carrie, are you there? All right. Hi, how are you today? I'm excellent. How about yourself? I'm great. I'm enjoying your conversation, and I just had a question um, for for both of you and and for the Reverend. Um, I'm just listening in, and I'm I'm kind of new to to New Thought. I had you know, I guess not broken away or just you know drifted away from uh, the church, and just kind of felt I really needed some spirituality in my life and and for my son as well. So I've been going to uh, the New Thought Church here, the Unity Church. Um, here in uh, L.A., and I really like it. Um, but I guess my question is, I'm kind of having a a couple of issues. First of all, like, I, I have a problem with the we are one concept because sometimes I don't feel connected. I don't feel that really that we are one and there's just such a divide between people. Um, and also just my family is kind of really not understanding um, where where I'm coming from and and why I'm wanting to explore some of these ideas. So I guess um, you kind of the questions twofold, you know, how, how can I deal with my family? And then how, how can I really feel that I'm connected with people when sometimes I feel just so divided? Okay, Tim, you want to go first? Uh, I, I can. I will, uh, Carrie, thank you for, for calling in to us, but I can relate to where you are having been there. I believe that, first of all, this sense of not feeling connected is just that it is a feeling or a sense that, again, knowing that the truth doesn't always align with our feelings. Jesus, in one point, said, judge not according to appearances, but judge righteous judgment. Our appearance, our feelings, will not always tell us what we know to be true. Um for me, I find that uh, if I'm feeling disconnected, if I will spend that time in meditation, and we don't always talk about meditation and, and some new thought movements as much, but if I will spend that time in that, I find that I renew that feeling of connection. Um, and when it comes to family members, uh, people are our greatest psychological need in life. Our greatest psychological need is a feeling of security. And people feel secure with something that they find familiar. So your family members find their old religious belief something that is familiar to them, and they find a sense of security in that. 
So until they get beyond a sense of perhaps fear, and you can't do that. Uh, you, you, can't, uh, you can't force them. What you can do is treat them with love. Before my, my, before my mother's death, she would look and she said, I don't understand your spiritual teaching, but I love what it's done to you. Because she saw the experience of it in my life. My mother was owning ears and did not uh, understand what we taught. But she knew that she could tell this huge change in my life, and that impressed her enough. And she then, uh, uh, perhaps younger and uh, uh, more time uh, left on this plane of life, she very likely would have uh, would have accepted it. But again, it was not something that I pushed. It was something I let her see the effects of it. So, so just be the example, uh, I guess. Yeah. Be the yeah. example. Exactly. Be the example. Uh, Carrie, I did want to jump in on the first question. By the way, Tim, uh, beautiful. the example with your mom is just beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> um with the feeling, as, as Tim has already stated, you know, we get caught up sometimes on our feelings without realizing that our feelings are just things that we've accepted as true, a belief with meaning. So the energy around it is, okay, if I have a sense of disconnection, then I'm going to bump against this because it doesn't fit my context. So what what New Thought is offering you and everyone else is a, a, a context or a paradigm that is different than what the, the, for lack of terms, the collective consciousness of humanity presents to you, a sense of, se- which is a sense of separation, uh, you know, people being divided, uh, tribalism based upon gender, based upon race, based upon religion, based upon orientation, based upon uh, economic status, based upon so many different things, education, et cetera. We're always looking at ways to divide ourselves and put ourselves in tribes. So the more you're like me, the more comfortable I am. So when you so when you look at it from that standpoint, the the part of of uh, the oneness teaching is basically saying if God is spirit and we're made in the image and likeness of God and we're spirit, then in spirit we're all one. That's one. Two, even as a human race, we're still all the same species, you know. There's some there's some characteristics characteristics that are consistent with all human beings. It doesn't make a difference where you're born, what year you were born, et cetera. A human being is a human being. What we do is we look from the lens of separation, from the lens of tribalism, from the lens of fear, and what truth will do is challenge the old paradigm. So it can shatter it. Now I know that that might sound scary right now, but what it literally does is when Jesus said, you must be born again, when the apostle Paul wrote, I must die daily, uh, or other religious teachers talking about these enlightened context shifting, uh, experiences that some people call awakenings and things of that nature. Just realize that it's a part of the process. If, if, if the theology doesn't push you, or challenge your beliefs, then it leaves you where you are, and you're seeking to grow. And sometimes, just like working out, have you ever worked out 
And you're like, man, I feel really good today. And then the next day you're really sore. Has that ever happened to you, Carrie? Right. <laughs> okay. Yes, All right. exactly. Right. Right. So now you're going through some soul soreness. <laughs> yes, that's what's happening. <laughs> it's a part of mentally working out and working with these spiritual principles. That's all. You know, and as Tim said so it's earlier, it's, it, it's, right? it's the, say that again. It, it's part of it. Like, you know, my my changing and, you know, and feeling that disconnection, that's kind of part of the process. Right. Right. You're growing the muscle. You're growing the spiritual muscles and it's going to keep challenging you. As long as you keep doing the work, this message will challenge you. It will stretch you. It will grow you. It will develop you. It will cause you if you are sincere and working with the literature and doing the inner work, the prayer work, the affirmations, the the study, etc. It will challenge you to leave beliefs behind that no longer fit. But here's the challenge. Some of those beliefs are sacred cows. You've been they've been with you your whole lifetime and some would say longer, but we're just going to stay with Carrie. Beliefs that you accepted as a child, beliefs that you accepted that got you through what you consider painful experiences, decisions you made before not to be hurt or not to be put in bad situations, et cetera, or people have abused you or misused your trust. And now you walk into a church and they tell you that you're one with all humanity. That's a paradigm shift. And it's a radical shift. So what what we're offering as a movement is the ability to transcend limited beliefs and step into the truth of who you are. That there's something radically right about you. And we're here to help you discover it and unfold it so you can live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life based upon your understanding of what that means because God's will for you is absolute good. Does that make sense? Right. No, I love I love that message. And that's kind of what attracted me in the beginning was, you know, you get so tired of hearing you're wrong and you're a sinner and, mm-hmm. you know, always, always having to kind of compensate or, or make up for things. And um, yeah, okay. so I, I, I like that message that, that makes sense. And I am going to try to work on my meditation to, um, to Reverend Timothy's um, comment. <laughs> yes. I think and, that, and that I did- would be really helpful. Yes, and I want you to go back in the archives of my show, and I want you to find a series titled The Eye of the Storm. I did. It's a book by Gary Simmons, and it's the, the concept of the eye of the storm is how do you embrace conflict and create peace? What you want to do is be in a state of peace when it comes to your family and disagreement, because here's the thing that I really want you to hear, and I'm going to have to let you go after this because the, the show has to end in like two minutes. Um, if people have to show up a certain way, or believe what you believe or agree with you for you to have peace, then you can never have peace. So it's embracing it and realizing that the love that flows in through and as you transforms every experience that, that you encounter because the truth about you are, is that you're God in expression. And that's the truth. Now, the realization of that truth, that comes in degrees. So just keep working with it, Carrie, and um, and check back in with us and let us know. I will. And obviously, keep on doing what you got to do. Thank you so much. I'm enjoying the show. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, Reverend Tim, we're down to about a minute and 30 seconds now. So I know you were deeply into the um, 
the transformation and rewriting of materials and language and things of that nature. Um, we might have to have you come back on the show on a later date just to talk about that one subject alone, because I've been beating that drum for a minute that it doesn't make sense always to have people, you, you know, read books where they don't understand the references. They don't know who they're talking about, et cetera. I'm a lover of old school New Thought material, so it's tough for me. But I also realize that the future of the movement is dependent on people being able to relate to things that they understand in a language that's written in the way that they understand. And some of our old New Thought uh, material was very poetic, very metaphorical, and not written in the 21st century style. So, um, that's so true. Yeah, so, um, so I want to, th- first of all, thank you for coming on the show. I know you're at the International New Thought Alliance Conference in Phoenix, Scottsdale area. So tell, you know, Blaine and everybody, uh, Reverend Blaine Mays and everybody down there, I said hello. I'll get back down there next year so we can have some fun and have a good time. And um, I also want to make sure that people can get in contact with you. So I do know that they can go to Divine Science Federation International's website if they need to contact you, correct? That is that is true. And if they just will uh, do a search for it, it will go directly to their site. Uh, and that's that's easier than trying to remember the uh, URL at this point. Beautiful, beautiful. So, all right. Well, thank you, Reverend Tim. Um, I appreciate your insight. You know, and you know, I, I appreciate all that you do and who you are. God bless you. All right. Thank you and for having me. We'll be me. with you. Excuse me. Go ahead. I just said thank you for having me. <laughs> all right. God bless. Thank you for inviting. Take care. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.